This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is a conversation on the Four Faith weekly devotional sent out every Friday. You can find a link in this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode description. Bishop, in your latest weekly devotion, you talked about the difference between being foolish and being a fool. And I don't disagree with you, yet I do wonder about the merits of being a fool for God. Yeah. (laughs) Like when I think of a fool, I think of being simple. Yeah. Like as in not complicated or complex. And, w- and when I read Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, I was reminded of the prophet Isaiah's words. We're all reminded of the prophet Isaiah's words. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. As in, make it easy for God to do God's work. And it's Advent. And a lot's going on in the world. And so I'm wondering if you could share some of your thoughts about how we might prepare the way of the Lord in today's time. Well, sure. Um, uh, I, I guess how we prepare uh, would be um, to deepen our commitment and connection to God. I, I think that um, what is always a, a danger uh, when you're talking about uh, religion or spirituality is to reduce um, uh, a relationship with God to a, a couple of acts, um, or to-do list, or the five things, or the seven things. Um, I, I think before we get there, uh, we have to realize that that simplicity and partnership with God uh, comes best from and is sustained best by an authentic relationship with God, right? You can only fake it for so long, right? I mean, you know, if in terms of a, an earthly relationship, a human relationship, you can't fake love for long, right? And, and love is its own, love is its own jet fuel. And, 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 and so when you get to those really difficult places, it's only love, the genuine article that can push you through those intersections. So before I talk about uh, how do we, how do we make paths straight, et cetera, I think the first thing is, is that uh, we have to say is, do you love God? And do you have a deep appreciation of how, how much God uh, loves you? And do you have a great appreciation of how much God loves your neighbor, uh, especially the neighbor that you hate or disagree with or <laughs> wish, wish would disappear? So I, I, think, I think that what we want to do is we want to we get what I call spiritual happy meals. We want somebody to pass through a drive through spiritual window you know, uh, you know, a little sort of a few, uh, you know, an empty-ish kind of meal and, and off we go. And that's just not how it works. The, the people who have changed the world, um, even John the Baptist, uh, who we're talking about today, you know, have, have just been authentically themselves with God. And, and that changes things um, rather than taking up five or six different Bits. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that it's complicated. The truth of the, the matter is, is that how John and how many of us, you know, get to this deeper appreciation of who God is, is that we take up practices. And so I, I, what I like about Advent is, is that Advent invites us to a certain simplicity. So to be a fool for God is to be simple, but simplicity, 
mm-hmm. right? To give ourselves to simplicity, not to simple mindedness. You know, the truth of the matter is we're complicated people, right? And we live in a complex world and many of us have the benefit of education and travel. We've, we've been places, we've seen things, we're sophisticated people. Still, uh, some of the most sophisticated people I know uh, are great appreciate, uh, have a lot of appreciation for, for simplicity. There's an elegance in simplicity. And I think this is what Jesus models when he's walking around. This is what John the Baptist models. In fact, the truth of the matter is that the religious sort of fancy people marvel mm-hmm. at John the ba- Baptist's clarity. And his clarity comes out of a sense of who God is and what God requires. The people were actually being crushed under the burden of all the religious jot and tittle. That's the truth. John just simply said, you know, come to the water, be baptized, decide today, you know, who's first in your life. And and that simplicity sounds foolish, but that's the way in, Mm -hmm. which is is to really deeply appreciate it. So we'll be right back with four people after a short break. If you're enjoying Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, we encourage you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome back to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. My favorite sentence in your devotion is, out of the whole thing, it's a bold interdependence, not a stoic self-sufficiency. Right. And interdependence is a newer word to me. I mean, it's not that I just learned it. Right. Um, (laughs) But it's more that I'm paying really close attention to it, especially after reading some of Willie Jennings's work. Independence is overrated. And so I'm wondering if you can explain the challenges and the benefits of interdependence. Sure. So, I mean, you know, what I'm holding up in the, in the meditation is the difference between being a fool and being foolish. Right. And so to be a fool is to put yourself, you know, in an island, in a, in a prison of your own making by, by, by claiming that you can be a human fully by being independent. Right. Um, and, and that is, that is being a fool, uh, according to scripture, according to what God says about being a human, we are interdependent. Even God, God's self is three in one. God is God's self as a community. And so, so what we think we're doing is, is that we think because of arrogance or pride or pain, we think that, uh, independence is the way forward. So we can say like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Right. But the truth of the matter is, is that we break things when we go that way. We break ourselves. We, we, we somehow wall ourselves off from being the human. And the truth of the matter is, is that we, we're not courageous enough in that model to embrace our vulnerability. The truth of the matter is, this is not about hemorrhaging all over people or being some sort of uh, wet dish rag. But the truth of the matter is, is that we didn't come into this world by ourselves. We weren't sustained in this world by ourselves. And we won't leave this world by ourselves. We need one another. I like the way Desmond Tutu says is that to be a human is to be with other humans. And so so there's an American mythology about that, right? And the American mythology is the story we tell ourselves, uh, facts be damned. And it's, uh, you know, I did it all by myself. You know, I'm self-made. I love the rapper who said that he was self-made, but he forgot to remind uh, his listeners uh, that his father had given him some several thousands of dollars to launch his career. 
So, so I, I, you know, bold interdependence simply means realizing that I'm yours, you're mine, and uh, we go together. Uh, it's realizing that even in you know the most secure and safe uh, gated community, I'm still a part of a world, of a community, of a county, et cetera. And so uh, I think this is what God uh, models. You know, think about it. When Jesus comes to us, uh, he comes among us and he lives with people. He doesn't sort of come to a, to a castle and dispense wisdom, you know, from a high tower. He lives among us, with us. He doesn't model stoic self-sufficiency. He even asks his disciples to participate with him, right, in releasing people from sin and selfishness, et cetera. So I think, you know, part of being foolish, uh, as God would have us to be foolish, is realizing the genius of God's way. And the, and, and the genius of God's way is going to be called foolish by the world. Right, but what we know is is that we are being a fool if we think we can take on the enormity and the depth of life all by ourselves and still get out the other side. Being a fully developed human can't happen. I'm reminded of that song, you know, the Simon and Garfunkel song "I Am a Rock." Yeah, and it goes, "A rock feels no pain, and an island never cries." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's wishful thinking, right? We can't do it. And well, let's talk about that because I feel like sometimes when we're wounded or we feel threatened, our natural tendency is to hunker down and go into ourselves and lick our wounds. Yet I'm not convinced that Jesus ever did that. Like it's almost like he expanded rather than diminished. Well, this is it. This is exactly it. And so, and so the, the whole point of the thing is, is that by the world's estimation, many of us in the world, we would say, that's foolish. We would say, I got mine, you get yours, good luck, right? And if we're slightly better than that, we would say, here's a crumb from my table, good luck, right? And so what, what, what Jesus does in our midst is he expands, you know, he continually makes room for God's self and for us and for our neighbor with his stories and with his actions, who he includes, etc. And so the world will continue to call that foolish, right? Because the world is operating on a scarcity model. There's not enough, so you sort of squeeze what you have tighter and tighter and tighter. But the, but you know, but you know, this just in, that's not working so well. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, when we, I mean, think about it. I was talking to my kids the other day. I said, you know. Think about it. If money and celebrity and all that sort of was really all of it, why are so many uh, brothers and sisters who have celebrity, who are, have the Hollywood gaze, who have the millions, who have the 20,000 square foot, why are they so unhappy? You know, why, why, are, why, are, why are people depressed at rates like never before? And these are the people with all of the, the you know, sort of the wealthy accomplishments, that, that, I'm sorry, the earthly accomplishments. Why are they so unhappy? Because what they've found out is, is that, you know, you can be in a 10 by 10 prison or you can be in a marble, uh, you know, gold encrusted prison if you're alone and by yourself and walled off. You know, this is why John the Baptist, you know, is needs to be paid attention to. You know, John the Baptist is sort of breaking in to, you know, these notions of what life is. And offering another notion. I mean, think about it. It's really kind of wild, bizarre. He, you know, John is standing in a dirty stream like the Chattahoochee here in Georgia. 
mean, it's not, it's not even a sort of a, it's not the, you know, the, the Niagara Falls or, you know, Victoria Lake. It's not, I mean, it's nothing, you know, majestic. It's sort of a trickle, a muddy little trickle, you know, <laughs> no, in nowhere. I mean, this is the foolishness of God. This is what I think, uh, you know, we have to get when we read the Bible that God has a way and God has a mind and our thoughts are not God's thoughts, right? Jesus comes riding into town on a donkey. We would come in a chariot or with a sort of a beautiful 16-hand white stallion, right? I mean, and so there's an upside-downness to God that, that, that if we can get a hold of it, it puts us right side up. So we, we keep trying to, so the dance is we keep trying to bend Jesus right? To bless what we're already doing. And Jesus is saying, well, uh, yeah, I love you. Okay. But you know, that road doesn't, is not going to take you where you want to go, right? You don't drive to Detroit, you know, to get to Birmingham. It it just (laughs) doesn't work that way. And so, and so John the Baptist says, stop being a fool in, in, in effect, but be foolish, right? So water and spirit, is a thing. It's a medium, right? There's a, is a conduit, and you know the the foolish things of this world. That's why I included all those other quotes from Paul later on, because Paul says that preaching is foolishness, and yet somehow it's an effective uh, tool for God. He says that the cross, Jesus's cross, is foolishness, but somehow what they meant for shame, God meant for good, and uh, uh, Paul says that that God's foolishness which is really God's genius, is wiser than any genius or wisdom that you and I could cook up. And so until you get to the upside downness of God, which is really the right side upness of God, you, 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 don't, you, you don't really appreciate God's way. And so that's what we really want, right? Because what we're talking about today in a matter of speaking is we're talking about Christian maturity. And Christian maturity is not trying to bend God to our will but trying to sort of move in God's will. And then at some point uh, of doing that, really delighting in that as the truth. And John does this really unabashedly, unapologetically. He, he basks in the fact that God is right and we not so much. Hmm. Well, okay. So I get how John the Baptist's message was one of good news. Like, yeah, even if, <laughs> for, for some, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, like even if the people of those times couldn't actually understand or admit, right? Yeah. And so we're living in times when we need good news. And I'm wondering if you can make like John the Baptist <laughs> and share some good news with us. Oh, the good news is always in front of us, but the good news is hard news. And here's the good news. Be a fool for God today. <laughs> This is the good news. You know, I was watching this Sunday morning program the other day, and there was a gentleman on there, but I think his name was Coleman McCarthy. And I don't agree with everything Coleman McCarthy did, but he decided to live differently. He doesn't own a car. Uh, he's, uh, I think he's 80 years old. Uh, he's a significant intellect. He decided he was only going to teach high school. He decided he was going to teach young people, uh, you know, the things we don't necessarily teach in school about all the peacemakers who have lived in this country, who have loved this country, who have decided that peace is a better way than war. Um, I mean, he looks like a totally ridiculous modern man. And, and yet what he decided uh, in a monastery in Georgia uh, was is that this was the right side upness of life for him. 
He's got a wife and kids, and he lives in a house, but, but he has decided that God's priorities are going to be his North Star. And there are people, countless people in large and small ways who have made that decision. So the good news always for us is that you can come home. There's a light in the window. Come home now. Come home now. Stop your struggling. Stop your striving. Stop trying to fit yourself into some model that somebody has submitted to you that doesn't even work for them. Trust God who knows best for you. That, that The good news is all around. We're enveloped in the good news. Totally enveloped in the good news. The good news is that you're loved, you're valuable, you have dignity. Stop trying to prove yourself to people. You are already are enough for God right now. It's enough. You're enough. You're supposed to be here. You're not an accident. Forget the circumstances of your birth. You belong here right now. And you're not an afterthought. <laughs> you're like, not an afterthought. Come on, come on, keep going. I'm just telling you. <laughs> look, this 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 podcast can't contain the good news is what I'm trying to tell you. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has any tongue ever confessed adequately the good news of God. There's not enough, there's not enough time to talk about the good news, you know, down the list. The good news is, is that God is truth. And if you want to have life, live for God. I mean, I mean, there, there's so much good news, and I don't, I don't mean to sort of be a, you know, people say, well, uh, a that's preacher, all. yeah, that's all, that's <laughs> cute, that's a preacher, but, but I mean, this is the good news, and, and, and how many of us have been sitting in pews for decades and, and can't tell the good news? What the hell are we sitting in pews for? You know, we, we've drunk an ocean of communion wine and, and a barn full of uh, communion bread and still are not certain about what the good news is. That's not a condemnation. But, may, you know, maybe now in a global pandemic and a racial reckoning and all kinds of other manner of storm and crisis, maybe now's the time for you to get clear about why it is you actually are in a relationship with God. That, I mean, that is the only good news. And until the average person who claims Jesus Christ as Lord, sort of gets there, you know, in their own way, in their own idiom, not talking points, but authentically and genuinely in their own life, you know, this thing is only going to sort of stay on the periphery. But when more of us in boardrooms and courtrooms and locker rooms and all the other kinds of rooms know that we know that we know that somehow God has favored us and sent himself to us in the form of Jesus Christ, and that's enough to make a life on until we get to be able to say that in our own way, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of be tossed to and fro. Uh, but I think that what, what John does is John models for us what sort of a, what a, a cosmic clarity looks like when it's walking on the ground. So we're not just to hear the good news, but to also share the good news, just like John the Baptist did. You know, uh, Bishop Alexander, Neil Alexander, my predecessor in the Diocese of Atlanta, said, if it is in fact good news, how could you not share it? I mean, we, we, we're so good at recommending restaurants and doctors and jewelers and hairdressers and car dealers. I mean, it's in us to commend good. So what, what, why do we balk at God? I think we balk at God because we don't want to be deemed foolish. We don't want to be deemed as simple-minded. We don't want to be those religious people. And I'm not suggesting that we are those things or be those things. What I'm suggesting is, what is real for you and can you talk about it? Well, there's your permission, folks. 
be foolish. (laughs) (laughs) Bishop, thanks as always. Thank you for listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, share this, and we'll be back with you next week.